You are listening to the REMAX Real Estate Insight Show, where you get real talk by real agents. Brought to you by REMAX of Southeastern Michigan. Hello and welcome to the REMAX Real Estate Insights Podcast. We're happy you're joining us today. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider. I'm also the president of REMAX of Southeastern Michigan, which covers 50 plus offices and nearly 900 REMAX agents all across Southeastern Michigan. And our goal with this podcast is to share you know, quality information with you as well as tips and trends that are happening in the market so that you can be in the know with the latest housing news. Now, today our topic is homeowners insurance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Homeowners insurance is an important part of homeownership, but for many of us, if we're being honest, we probably do very little time doing any research on it. And again, if we're being honest, many of us probably don't fully understand our insurance policies. Um, as a first-time homeowner, you know, dealing with you know purchasing insurance for the first time, Um, That's kind of maybe an overwhelming thing. Who do I go? Where do I go? What do I do? How much do I need? And if you're an existing homeowner, you know, chances are you only think about that policy when the premium comes due. Well, that is until something happens and you need to file a claim. And then maybe you discover something you thought was covered by your policy isn't. You don't want that to happen because um, damage from your home can come in many, you know, many uh, ways and means, storms, fire, theft, you, and you never know in advance it's coming. So you, you want to make sure you have the right insurance so you don't find out after the fact you didn't have what you thought that you have. Now, the good news is, is today I have an expert with me to better help us understand our insurance options and how to protect your, soul, your home, ourselves, and our belongings. With me today is Denise Mansfield. She is the agency owner of Mansfield Insurance Group, which is a Michigan Farm Bureau agency. Did I get all that right, Denise? You sure did. All right, good. Because I was a little tongue twisted before we got on the <laughs> air with that. So I'm glad I, glad I pulled that off. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, I'm going to start off saying insurance isn't typically a career path that when we ask little kids, what do you want to do later in life? We don't normally hear run an insurance agency as their answer. So what led you to be where you're at today? That is a great question. In fact, if you were to ask my parents what they thought I would be, it was either a soap opera star or a lawyer. (laughs) And I think that those things come from the gift of gab and truly appreciating like connections with people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, back 12 years ago, I got into insurance working in an agency and realized shortly that there was a little bit of a better way to do insurance. I wanted to do people work. I wanted to do things um, with benevolence and I wanted to teach people that there was a better way to understand and to protect themselves. And so it led me to become an entrepreneur of my own agency and in a couple of weeks, it'll be six years. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you very much. And we're very glad that you went down this road. And I wrote something down. You said people work. I love that because I think when you think insurance, you think paperwork. You don't think people work. And I love your spin on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get going because as we had talked about, um, you know, insurance is something that's really important to homeownership. But, you know, there's no class in school on this to really, truly understand what you, you know, what you need. And I think so many people often look at his insurance as an expense only. That's all they look at is what is the premium? How much is this going to cost me? And they don't really look at it as financial protection. So if you have somebody show up at your door or your website or you know, on your phone, you know, kind of how do you start the conversation with them about insurance? Uh, absolutely. And that could look a little bit different for maybe a first-time home buyer or somebody seasoned. Well, let's go first-time home buyer. Yeah, let's go first-time home buyer. So I first explain what insurance is, and it's the transfer of risk 
the transfer of your risk onto us of the things that could happen that could be financially devastating. And so we sit down with a client and and find out what's important to them, what they need, um, and then align the correct coverages so that in the event that they had a loss, um, we always ask them, you know, how much of it would you like it to be covered? And they say all of it. <laughs> so we have to um, we have to get as close as we can to addressing what all of it means. And that's very individualized. Well, yeah, very, very much so. So that's kind of the conversation with somebody that you said is a first time, you know, home buyer, because maybe they've never had to purchase insurance. If they've been living in mom's and dad's house, somebody else has been tackling this for them. If they've been renters, they may or may not have chosen to go down that road. So this really could be their first time, you know, coming to coming to understand what this really is. Yeah, and we definitely take that um, educational approach to this is why we're asking the questions. This is what we're going to do with the information. And then this is what it looks like when you put it together at a 100% kind of a situation. And we start with um, you know, all of the things that go into the nuts and bolts of a home insurance policy. And I think that's going to be one of your next mm-hmm. questions to me um, is what and how do you establish like the focus of the house and how to repair it and replace it? And that's on that rebuild cost. Well, and so let's I guess let's let's go let's go ahead and go there is because I think when some like you said somebody says well you know it's a transfer of risk you know how much risk would you like us to you know, basically take so that if something happens you'd be covered. Well, you're right. The natural answer is going to be hundred. I want the whole thing hundred percent. I want it all taken care of. And part of that is okay if there was a fire that swept through and took your house down to ashes and you're starting over. You're looking at rebuild and. That comes with the policy premium, and that comes with different things. So how do you explain that to folks? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times people think that insurance is based on either market value or their purchase price or what their neighbor could get for their house, (laughs) and it really is truly labor and material in today's market to indemnify, which means to bring you to whole if you had a loss. And so we use a... um, a replacement cost estimator software, and we put in all the attributes of your home. Your your built, your square feet, your exterior finishes, your interior finishes, things um, that basically make up what it would cost to rebuild a house. And so we we started 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you have options, um, but we started 100% of rebuild cost. And that's an important thing, especially in today's market, because as we're all aware, um, labor and materials are, um, are very costly. Very on the rise, as they say. They sure are. However, there are some things that you can add to your policy, like inflation. Mm-hmm. So we have like a built-in inflation guard. So as your building materials and labor naturally rises at my care, my company, we're going to add that one to three percent every year to that rebuild cost of your structure so that hopefully you don't find yourself in a gap. Yeah, where there could really be, because I mean, I noticed now as an existing homeowner, because I don't fall in the first time home buyer category, um, I know and my policy always comes due in November. And I noticed last year, oh, you know, homeowners has been pretty stable. Auto seems to kind of move up and down over time. But I mean, homeowners is usually pretty stable. I'm like, well, that went up. And then the reality of, well, yeah, lumber prices and, you know, everything else that goes into it, you know, kind of forced some of those premiums up last year. And, you know, the premiums are a nice direct correlation to the actual extra coverage you're getting. So it's not just like a rate 
change based on what you had, you'll also notice that coverage A, which is that rebuild number, also go up. So that's where that premium's coming from. And when we talk about, you said that you kind of take a look at the year the home was built, square footage, and was it brick or is it, you know, this and the other thing. Are you relying on the people coming to you, you know, not that they would lie, but I mean, for honesty and really understanding what they have, or are you relying on like public records to get that type of data? So a little bit of both. So we always take our own personal photos of front and back of the house. So we, as agents, we up front underwrite and get our eyes on it. Okay. We also more times than not are helping the buyer during the process. So the listing has a lot of online, has a lot of really solid, a great agent has the correct detail in there. And then we also can reach out and talk with the new buyer or the current homeowner and use a little bit of public record between all of that we usually get a really good idea of what we're looking at okay so then that so that so kind of behind the scenes that's where you're working your magic to say okay here's what we're dealing with and then you know based on all of these components you know this is what it would cost to rebuild and, and to your words you kind of make whole, make whole I'm going to guess that over the years, your definition of make whole and somebody who's had a fire may be different because they're thinking maybe like brand new home with all the latest features, but that's not what their home had before the calamity, right? I mean, so there has to be a realistic expectation there, I'm guessing. So that actually brings up a really good point. There are actually endorsements that you can add to your policy that offers coverage when you do betterments and improvements. So that at the time of loss, if six months ago you put a $70,000 new kitchen in, but maybe your current policy doesn't reflect that for Mm -hmm. rebuild, if you do um, a proactive approach with at least an annual review with your agent, we can have conversations of, hey, oh, this is on the horizon. Let's throw this endorsement on there so if you were to have a loss and you know or or whenever you're doing home improvements we got a buffer because I think that's important because if you redo massive pieces of your house you're going to change the rebuild cost from when you originally bought it right and so there are some ways to help mitigate that just having a good relationship with your agent and knowing when to say something to them empowers you to help kind of close that gap. Okay, so you mentioned a kitchen remodel, which has been popular the last few years because there's a lot of people that, you know, spending a lot of time in their house have decided that, well, if I'm staying here, I'm going to start to make a few upgrades to really make it what I want. That has been popular, you know, bathroom upgrades. What about more kind of normal things like new roof, new windows? Is that also something that folks should be talking to their agent about? They should. Um, And primarily, we always say the roof is like the skin of the home. It protects everything. Mm -hmm. So with my company, if you do get a new roof, we're actually going to give you a new roof discount. It's a 19-year depreciating discount. It's like $125 a year off your home policy. So that's a great way for you to save on and update your records with your agent when that happens. Um, windows and furnace and things like that, those are those are kind of like functioning home maintenance mm-hmm. things. So, you know, generally not, not real huge discounts associated. However, there is cost that goes into that that you'd like to get back if you had a loss. So definitely worth bringing up. Okay, got gotcha on that. So we talked a little bit about, you know, the rebuild, you know, cost I, over the last couple of years and specifically have kind of gone up a little bit, which may or may you know, not impact your, your premium is, you know, if and when lumber prices and siding prices and, you know, other material prices, if they were to come down, would that then, you know, would, would a consumer see that, you know, on, on their end of things coming kind of through their insurance policy down the road, if in fact prices ever did come down? Uh, you know, yes, um, they're in, in the twofold. They're not going to see additional rate increases, right, right because that's going to stable off. And then, again, on an annual review, you could actually revisit that whole replacement cost estimator, put all those attributes back in, recalculate, 
potentially safely reduce that down by thirty, forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars, um, uh, which you would think has a tremendous amount of savings. I mean, there is, but it's also not as impactful as one might think. Okay, and it's a little buffer that hey, who doesn't love a little buffer? <laughs> <laughs> Think wherever wherever I can get them, right? Yeah. Okay, so we talked. So we so far, what we've been talking about rebuild costs and you know, kind of everything going along that we're talking like literally you know, this this the brick and mortar, right? I mean, we're talking the structure of the house. We're not addressing the things that were in the house because not only does the house well, they do come with kitchen cabinets, you know, and stuff like that. But there's couches and sofas and TVs and personal belongings, and I think this is where things can get muddy as to what's covered in a homeowner's policy, especially if maybe you have some luxury items or you know collectibles and things of that nature. You really need to be talking to your insurance agent, don't you? You do. So um, personal property on your home insurance policy is all of the things inside of your home. And in your garage, like if you were to take the roof off and shake it upside down, whatever falls out is personal property, with the exception of anything that moves. So your vehicles, golf carts, things like that. Um, You always want to make sure you have replacement cost, not actual cash value. So because then you're going to run into a depreciation issue where maybe you do have a 15-year-old couch. But if you have a loss, you want the money that it costs for you to walk into our van today, new money, right. to buy that. And so that is something that unfortunately sometimes will be left off to be more competitive. However, it's not in your best interest. So replacement costs on contents is a big deal. Uh, there are, to your point, some very s- s- scheduled um, items that carry smaller limits like your gold your gold your coins your collectible your jewelry furs they have a small limit that's included in the policy greater than that you have to endorse it for that specific item okay so more times than not we see jewelry and firearms probably are the two biggest okay. ones that we see people endorse their policy for um you know especially for jewelry without an endorsement of the jewelry you can't get mysterious disappearance that's what I call the walking around jewelry coverage. So if your ring, like we have $7,500 built into our policy for jewelry. If you're just answering my question. This is kind, yeah. of a, kind of a minimum yeah. So there. And every okay. company is going to be different, so I can only speak to okay. mine. So we're going to have $7,500 built in. But that's if you had a loss of that jewelry in a theft or a fire at your property. But if you're wearing your $7,000 ring out in the world and it's not endorsed and you lose it tubing with friends... You, lo- you don't have that walking around coverage. So you put an endorsement on your policy. It carries a lower deductible. And then if unfortunately you lose a stone or the whole item while you're out in the world, you could file a claim to have your jewelry indemnified and replaced. Interesting. And I think that's probably, and you could correct me if I'm wrong on this. I'm going to assume that not a lot of people know that. And here's where talking to someone like yourself can really help educate people so that they get the proper coverage in place. You know, especially since we're talking to new home buyers, often that comes with a change in lifestyle with getting engaged and getting married. Yep. And so we're addressing a lot of different things that may be pertinent to them, not just rebuilding their house right I mean and I think that you know that's usually what you know is top of mind initially well I'm buying a house hence I need the policy because I got a mortgage for it and the state requires me you know to have one so it's like okay I'm checking boxes as I'm going down but you're absolutely right I mean a lot of first-time home buyers either yeah recently engaged you know getting married recently married maybe they're you know expecting their first child need a bigger place but yeah typically there's a there's a ring involved you know and something there and then all of a sudden now there's another need that they have that maybe they didn't know 
when we, they picked up we the phone. We get asked all the time. You guys have asked us more things and brought up more things than any. We've gotten like three quotes <laughs> and like nobody's even asked us any of that stuff. And they're like, we didn't even think about it. We don't know what we don't know. And they're always super appreciative. The phone call might be five extra minutes, but it really does hit on some important things that at the end of the day, if they need all of it taken care of, we have to have that conversation about what all of it looks like. Well, I mean, and I think, I mean, in, in, I think to your point, if you're saying this is the feedback you're getting from clients is they appreciate it because if I'm doing this and this isn't something I, and most people don't, I mean, and I'll throw, I mean, I, maybe I'm throwing myself, you know, under the bus, so to speak, but it's like, didn't have a class on insurance at college or high school. You know, I've kind of figured my way through it, but I don't feel I'm an expert at this by any stretch of the imagination. And it's like having somebody that, you know, knows what they're doing like you and that's, you know, asking the right questions to pull maybe out of me something I wouldn't have thought to tell you. But now that you're asking, well, is there any jewelry that, you know, that is valued over this amount? Do you have any, you know, collectibles or whatever your question is? Now you're pulling out of somebody and you're really providing value. And most people are gladly spend five minutes talking to you to be properly covered. It really goes back to that people work. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the ways, I guess, since we're talking kind of endorsements and, and other things to, to broaden your coverage. Um, so we've talked about like, and I love the way you did it, like a snow globe, turn it upside down, shake it if anything comes out, you know, that, that, that stuff there. But there's another aspect that people may not be aware of. And that's what if somebody's a guest at your home and they slip and fall or they're walking on your sidewalk and they or driveway and they slip and fall, come into the house for, you know, the Christmas gathering. There's potential liability to, to you as a homeowner. And so that's probably something else folks need to take a look at, isn't it? it? It really is. And so the big ticket items when we think about premise liability is swimming pools or ponds. If you have teenagers that live in the home, if you have pets that live in the home. <laughs> I like if you have teenagers. I love that that's a whole which, like, category in your do. mind. <laughs> which I do. So, you know, um, and then there's also what you mentioned that can come up would be just like general home maintenance. So in, it could be something as simple as, unfortunately, the weather was real bad. And although you've salted and attempted to create a safe passageway for the pizza guy up to your door. However, he significantly falls, breaks his arm, hits his head. He's got incurred medical expenses. He absolutely could potentially file suit um, against you as a homeowner and your homeowner's insurance would respond accordingly. There's actually two sections. There's liability and there's med pay. So med pay is a section that is a, a coverage that would result directly if you were liable in a medical type, type situation okay. where we could just address it with just a couple thousand dollars. Uh, your liability would be um, in a lawsuit situation where okay. you were liable. A nice thing about your home or renter's liability is that your homeowner's liability follows you everywhere you go. So if you are at a dog park with your dogs and you're not at your property and something happens, or maybe you're in a restaurant and you spill a bowl of hot soup on somebody's lap and they are hurt, mm -hmm. these are the situations that people don't realize you actually have coverage on your home insurance liability for. Interesting. And I'm going to guess that you used examples that have happened in real life. That, you know, so that's why they're top of mind, right? Yeah, we've definitely seen a handful of um, one-offs of things uh, that, you know, walking around liability that you could create a situation where you could be liable and you do have this this coverage built in that most people don't think. Don't need, no, I mean, I was going to say like the, the example of, yeah, you trip because I, I'm known to be klutzy. It's entirely possible you know, that I could spill soup on somebody. And it's like, I would have never thought that one of my first calls should be you know, to my insurance agent to say, hey, this is what I just did. I don't know if anything's going to come from it, but, you know, this is what happened. Yeah, more times than not, you know, um, things are innocent enough in life. 
Um, but we definitely do see upticks in liability for pets, um, sure. for water exposures, for things like that. Um, and then there's built-in coverage on your policy. And then there's an additional policy, like a personal umbrella, uh, that actually gives you even greater, broader coverage. Um, that is something that a lot of people um, in the le- last couple years have definitely been taking a look at and purchasing. I feel like we unfortunately live in a little bit of a Sue Happy world. Yeah. And uh, for a couple extra hundred dollars, you can buy yourself an additional million dollars in coverage. So if the worst thing happens, at least they're the insurance company's writing the check and, and not and not you and not yeah not us personally. Okay, yeah. so I totally understand pets because obviously they can they can bite. You sure. know, I mean, there's some risk that you that you have there. Water, totally, you know, understand that. So just curious, teenagers, what's the risk with teenagers? I, I'm really it's probably going to be the partying, the yeah. inviting uh, potential guests onto yeah. the property, invited or uninvited. Right. That could um, could have a situation sure. that could occur. Sure. That's interesting. I, I've never heard it referred to that that way, but makes perfect <laughs> makes perfect sense. And then you cover kind of that broader, you know, you know, like you said, kind of adding that. Uh, what did you call it? The, personal, the umbrella. personal umbrella. Yeah, the personal umbrella. So that kind of just takes it to a whole other level, then, mm-hmm. as far as your your protection. And you know, because I've had neighbors, I've known neighbors that have slipped and tripped on the ice, you know, in somebody else's property and needed shoulder shoulder surgery. Uh, we had my father in law actually fell at our house. Now he didn't pursue anything but we have like kind of that step down into the family room you know from the kitchen and he you know just misstepped somehow but nailed his head on a table and then was bleeding had to spend the night in the hospital I mean it really I'm I didn't want it to happen at all if it was going to happen to somebody I guess it was good it was family and he wasn't going to pursue anything but I mean just that quickly something can happen again Alrighty, so um, is having a list, an inventory, so when we're talking about the contents of your house, the sofas, the TVs, the regular stuff that would fall out of your house when you shake it, um, is that something that you should be, just as a homeowner, maybe updating annually? Is that something that you need to share with your agent or should you just have a have that on file in a safety deposit box or a fireplace box so that if anything ever happened, because I don't know how good my memory would be for everything that I actually have in my house when I bought it and how much it cost. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So where I personally feel like this is probably the most impactful is when we're addressing what's in your basement. Because on a home insurance policy, if you do not have the endorsement for water backup or sump pump overflow, and you were to have one of those two situations occur, because all, you know, when we talk about insurance, and I know we're going to touch on flood in a little mm-hmm. bit, um, outside water in is not covered. It's, it's a flood policy, and generally most people don't carry them right. unless required by your mortgage. So the basement is that volatile place that is likely to see water. And so an inventory and an idea of how much property we have in our home is, is sometimes better focused on what's in the basement. Okay. So, um, yes, not a terrible idea. Take a smartphone now with our capabilities. Yeah, just just walk it. around your rooms if you want. And then, like, let's say you do make a you know, $70,000 new furniture purchase, more times than not when you're buying something that expensive, you're retaining your receipts, right? Mm-hmm. In some place, scan them and make a folder in a computer somewhere that's household, you know, right. stuff. Um, you know, we don't need a copy of those things. However, I definitely say um, it definitely closes the gap of what you have to how we're going to replace, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got something. Um, but as long as you're buying a couch for a couch, or a TV for a TV, 
you're going to get replacement costs if your policy is written that way. Okay. Um, but that basement inventory is someplace that we spend a little more time on how much stuff and what so that we can address because that coverage has to be purchased in $5,000 increments. And so we want to have a good idea of what we could lose downstairs. Stairs. Yeah, because some people, you know, depending on the home, could have it could be finished and have pool table, oh, you yeah. know, and all of this type of stuff. I mean, mine doesn't have that, but I mean, even downstairs, I mean, there's a work- workbench and lots of tools, and then there's like, you know, Christmas decorations, and it, it, seasonally the the bikes might be down there or golf clubs and you know stuff like that. So yeah, if something were to happen from a water perspective, it could add up, you know, a lot depending on what time of the year it would happen. And because you get a substantial amount of coverage on personal property, it's a it's a percentage of your rebuild cost of your house. That's how it's actually determined. Okay, with the exception of the basement, so you get kind of like a not foolproof, but like a a really sizable amount of coverage for your personal property upstairs and in the garage. When it comes to the basement, we have to tell it what we needed to have. Okay, interesting. And then how about, uh, because nowadays, I mean, a lot of people are spending a a fair share of money outside, like patio furniture, fire pits, and things of that nature. That falls under homeowners, or is that like an endorsement type policy, or how would that be calculated? So, So structures that would be attached to the home would probably fall under the dwelling of the replacement. However, like things like patio furniture and miscellaneous stuff would be your personal property. Okay. More times than not, unless there's a total loss, you're not going to file a claim for a wind that blows away your your furniture. Outside. Okay. You know, just because you're going to carry a $1,000 deductible or $2,500, you are subject to deductible first. So you got to have that make sense. And I know we're going to touch base on claims in a little bit. So I'll <laughs> yeah. stop myself there. All right. All right. Well, let's go through because we kind of teed it up for flood insurance, which is one of them. There's a few myths that I wanted to get to. So now that we've kind of established, you know, talking to, you know, someone like Denise, you know, to, to talk about your insurance needs, understanding the rebuild, understanding replacement costs and how important these things are. And you just shed some light on really understanding what's in your base and why that's important. Um, let's talk about a few myths that tend to be out there, right? So flood insurance or, you know, water in the basement. Um, it, you mentioned many of us don't have flood insurance, but not so much this summer, but certainly last summer in Metro Detroit, there were a ton of homes that got flooded in some of those thunderstorms that kind of just came through and just sat in one area and just dumped a bunch of water and the municipalities couldn't process it. There were a lot of people impacted by that. And then sadly, there wasn't going to be a lot of relief coming for that. Yeah, so flood insurance is generally required when, so there's a lot of different ways. So there's flood zones and flood plains in mm-hmm. Michigan, and they get redetermined often. Okay. And so the mortgage company is going to um, look at a property because they have a financial vested interest in it. And if it is in a flood zone or flood plain that re- that has a higher than the average potential of having a flood mm-hmm. based on a, a bunch of statistics that are bigger than my pay grade, <laughs> um, they're going to require you to cover flood insurance while they have a financial, you know, they're, they're financially tied the house, yep. to the house. And so more times than not, people are only purchasing flood insurance just for the structure, not the contents, because they're not worried about actually having a flood, but they have to have the coverage to close. Um, and so that happens often. FEMA does regulate flood insurance companies, and then people like myself and my team take specialty classes and are appointed to a variety of different carriers that we can offer flood insurance quotes for. Okay. And so if you're buying a home and you're in the and you, you're in a flood zone or a flood plain, I mean, it's going to come out, like you said, because unless you're p- paying cash, you know, there's a mortgage or a, t- or a, a lender that's going to have a vested interest and they're going to require it. What about 
you know, I've lived in my house now for a number of years. I don't keep up to date on the flood zones and the flood plains. Is anybody going to tap my shoulder at some point and say, uh, hey, your home is now considered in a flood zone or a flood plain, and I have to adjust my insurance accordingly, or is it kind of the honor system? How does that work? That's a really good question. And so I'll just touch on it a little bit so I don't misspeak, but generally how it works is if you were to need to do a refinance, mm-hmm. that could then be a trigger for them to repull the zoning. Okay. Um, and then, you know, yes, you may get notification that your property is in a, uh, a flood zone. However, I do believe there's a little bit of grandfathering in. I think a trigger is, and we see it often, is on doing a refinance Finance. that um, maybe your house wasn't, but now it yes. might be. And so that does sometimes occur. Um, flood insurance does not have to scare people away. There are beautiful homes in zones that require flood insurance. Um and when people ask me, like, what does that cost? I'm like, absolutely not. Am I even saying it? We'll just do the quote. <laughs> I mean, it can range from four to $700 to $5,000. So it okay. just depends. Um, but we have a variety of carriers to be able to help look at what makes sense for you and offer you options. And I'm going to assume that there's a wide range there. And it doesn't necessarily have to do probably, again, with how much you're paying from your home. It's the location of where it is and the likelihood of something happening. Yeah, so there is a whole analytical thing that they come up with as to the probability of. And so that's kind of how some of those rates are determined. And then if you want contents and structure or just structure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for some people, they actually want both because there is a likelihood. The waters have been high in the last few years. Yes, There were a lot of people that said, "Eh, you know, I'll take contents coverage off when the water goes back down. But for right now, I'd like to have it. A little peace of mind. A little peace of mind. Yeah. So um, don't don't. Don't be deterred by a house that requires flood. Just make sure that you're working with someone that can give you a few options. Okay. And and then and then you understand what those options are too. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's important to reiterate again that outside water in is considered flood. It could come through your windows, it could come through your doors, it could come through a variety of ways. Water that backs up in your basement mm-hmm. through your floor drains or right. if your sump pump stops, right. regardless of power outage, wear and tear, that is not considered flood water. And that has coverage only if you have coverage. Gotcha. So there are there are two different and two those different wor- animals. There yeah. are two different animals, and those words and those concepts sometimes get intermingled, but they are very two different things. No, and I think you're right. I think it all time time gets thrown into the bucket of quote unquote flood insurance, and we're talking two different you know two different causes, yep. you know two different things that could trigger. And, you know, in all of that. So, again, yeah, be, being cognizant mm-hmm. of, of kind of, you know, where you are, what you need, how close is your sump to valuable things in your basement. I mean, there's a lot of different things Absolutely. To, to consider there. All right. You've done a great job on that one. Let's throw another one at you. Um, don't hear as much about it these days, but from time to time, mold comes into play. And that's a scary word for a lot of people. Is it covered? Is it not covered? Is, is there any advice that you have on this one? So when it comes to claims, a really good insurance advisor stays very mildly in her lane as an insurance advisor and not as a claims adjuster. And that is because every claim is so circumstantial. And how mold gets there could be in a variety of ways. Some of those perils might be covered. Some of them might not. Um, Rot is never covered on any insurance policy ever. And so... I, I tend to say, let's check with an adjuster before I really ever offer what's covered and what's gotcha. not. However, there are multiple situations where 
um, mold could be a result of a covered peril, which in that case, yes, the insurance company would help indemnify and, and clean up. So that one's that one's not as clean, so to speak. I mean, that one has got a lot of tentacles to it as far as what caused it. Was it something you could have dealt with? Is it something that was a maintenance issue you let go? Because and then, yeah. maintenance issues that you let go... Are, that's not what home insurance is for. No. And so... It's not like get a jail get out of jail free card. It, it really is not. It really is not. And I think this is a super good time to bring up the point that in the state of Michigan, you get three claims in three years. Okay. And on the other side of that, you're not eligible for standard home insurance anymore. And you're going to have to go through like the Michigan placement pool. Um, it is very expensive. The coverages are not great. Um like like in a forced place insurance on the mortgage side, mm-hmm. generally they're only covering structure. They're not giving you contents. They're not giving you liability. They're only protecting their investment. So when we talk about using claims, we really want people to understand that you get three claims in three years and we got to use it for the big stuff. We, re- we got to save them for the big stuff. And, uh, you know, we're always subject to our deductible first. Mm-hmm. Um and then you did ask me a question, which I feel like might be a nice lead in. Sure, go right ahead. Is, um, uh, you know, what happens if something happens, but I don't know if it's covered or not? Right. Like, what does that look like? And so I can only speak for my company, which, again, this is why I love Michigan Farm Bureau. <laughs> um, if I've got a client that has something that happened and they call in a panic, um, we will send an adjuster. We will open a claim. We will send an adjuster. We will send a professional out to the property. They will investigate it. They will hire, if they need to, a professional to take a look at it from like a plumbing perspective. Mm-hmm. And if the coverage, if the if whatever occurred is not covered under the policy, we will happily close the claim for you, and we do not surcharge you for the claim. Okay. I have many, many, many competitor companies that the moment you open a claim. That's one of your dings. Yep, regardless if they pay out on it or not. And we we come to bat for our clients and say, hey, we'll do the due diligence. We'll see if there's coverage or not. And if there isn't, we'll close it for you. You indemnify it yourself. You fix it yourself. And we move on your claims free. But that is not the case with some of our competitors. Well, that's no, that's very helpful information. And is that a Farm Bureau, you know, that wide is, yeah, policy? Yeah. So not just Denise Mansfield, but no, I mean, part no, of- ma'am, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That comes from that comes from the top. No, but down. that's but that's good to know. I mean, and, and that's something that I'm going to bet nobody's asking. I mean, I'm no. going to bet when somebody's you know doing an online calculation for what my insurance costs could be, that is not something that's on most people's mind, if anybody's mind, to no. understand what you just shared. And and when you're an advisor, if you are in your client's file and they've they had a real bad, you know, water backup claim two years ago, and then they just had a storm claim, and you know, maybe one of their um, outside chairs, you know, broke their door wall window. Um, now this is two claims in one year, and so we will consult with them and say, we let's look at what this looks like out of pocket. We just we don't want to get anybody into a situation where you know, they're, they're stuck where they right. they have to make really tough decisions because we don't want them to lose coverage, primary coverage with a good carrier. Well, no, and I think you answered a lot of the questions that I had around claims because, you know, knock on wood, I've been lucky to not have to claim 
anything and I'm probably jinxing myself but I've never had I've never had to and so I'm not familiar with the process but I mean I've never been struck with well should we call you know should we say something I mean and I and I think there are people that are are afraid you know to potentially reach out because they're the fear just in general is my premium's going to go up that that's what everybody's afraid of you don't everybody I've never heard anybody say well I'm leery to call because I know that there's this three strike kind of thing and I don't want to do that I I use always I don't want my premiums to go up yeah and we never deter anyone from the claims process I mean really that's our time to shine right right because we take your premiums and we consult you and everything's lovely but then when it's not that's when we get to say we're here for you let's help you through the process so we're not here to say don't file the claim we're just here to help you say that you have options and we're here to help you walk through it. well and I how great that you would have a client's back you know let's because you know somebody's ran into a spell of bad luck like you kind of you know alluded to that they've had a couple of claims and you know one year's time and you're like going hey I'm doing people work, you know, your yeah. your phrase, you know, with them to say, hey, we could file this. It's a legitimate claim and we could put it through, but understand what could happen, you know, 20 or, you know, 24 months is a long time. What if something else happens? And then here's where you could be. Is it worth it? Is this yeah. one worth it or is this palatable that it may honestly makes more sense for you just to take care of this? Mm-hmm. And, and it's very situational. So yeah, oh yeah. We, we don't talk in broad terms on that. Uh, you know, to your point, it's as it comes up, let's let's, let's have an what advisory is. discussion about what, what this looks like. No, I mean, and, and I think that's a good disclaimer on everything. Insurance is going to be so unique to every person, to, to their, their finances, their budget, the, the coverage that they have, the incident that's causing them to call. There's so many variables, you know, in here. And you're doing a great job kind of being able to take a a very unique and individualized topic and, and broad stroke it so that yeah that. so that we can you know get our heads wrapped around some things one other myth I wanted to talk about Michigan has a lot of trees we have windy days trees come down if we happen to have neighbor's tree falls on the fence on the house into my yard whatever it may be I think there's a perception that well it was the neighbor's tree hence it's their policy that's going to be responsible for this and that's probably not the case is it it's it's the total opposite yeah so <laughs> your neighbor's tree your house your claim your problem and and I and I say it like that because your property your bag is what we kind of call it like <laughs> um, and the same goes for your um, neighbor if your tree falls on their house it's their claim now there is a little caveat to this. So if we've got a neighbor that has a bad tree, more times than not, we really try to encourage neighbors to mutually split the cost to remove the potential issue from both of their properties. And sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. Now, if we've got a really bad tree and maybe we've gone and had estimates done to have it removed and, you know, the uh, the, the neighbor knows his tree is bad. It has been established. There is documentation. And now the tree falls on your house. Still going to be your claim. Still going to be your bag. However, now the insurance company could potentially go back and subrogate to the other homeowner okay. to recoup the financial loss because there was a known situation. Um, but nine times out of ten, unfortunately, if their tree falls on your fence or your property, it's it's your it's, claim. It's, I, I love how you you make it sound so fun. It's your bay. Your <laughs> like, oh, yay, it's, it's my, I get to make the decisions on this. Uh, and I'm always interested in these because where we live, we have um, some very mature black walnut trees by us. 
um, most of them fall like because we're kind of like the last street in a subdivision. Then behind us are kind of deeper lots that come in from dirt roads, you know, to the side. And so we've got all these black walnut trees back there, which are you know great this time of the year for screening and make it very pretty and quiet and all of that. But every time there's like a high windstorm, I'm always like, please don't fall on my house. Please don't fall. On, <laughs> please don't fall on my house because most of them are on my property and they're not they're not dead. They're not diseased. They're perfectly healthy. They have walnuts every year the squirrels are getting after yeah. i mean they're perfectly healthy trees but i'm all yeah there are d- certain days i'm like please don't fall on my house if you fall <laughs> fall fall east west don't fall north south please <laughs> oh that's too funny well i think we've covered everything that was you know pretty much on my mind is there anything that we haven't covered as you kind of just quickly in your mind go through common questions you get you show up at a party and everybody says oh there's the insurance scale i'm gonna go ask her a question anything we didn't cover we should um, just because when you hear insurance, most people are looking for savings first and then they're like, oh, okay, coverage is next, right? And so I think it's important to address how to help people save. And so putting your home and your auto together is a great savings. If you are a small business owner, um, we actually offer discounts to help mitigate all of your um, risks. And so we offer discounts on your home and auto if you also carry all your commercial insurance with us. Okay. I think it's... um. It's it's a, a another way of being able to help offer savings is we offer union discounts and teacher discounts and first responder and military. So there's a tremendous savings for for people that belong to these kinds of organizations. And so you couple that with your multi policy and you're really being competitive. Uh, the last bit would be um, if you, especially as a first time home buyer, if you are taking on this new mortgage and maybe expanding your life with getting married, take a few minutes to talk about um, and look at some life insurance to protect this house because um, more times than not, Great it, takes, point. it takes both the husband and wife's finances to make this home right. work for their family. And nothing is worse than to be able to have this beautiful uh, home and have all of these wonderful things and have a situation that occurs where you may be able to, at a minimum, financially keep the home, keep your family stable. And so if you are moving into a new home, that is a great time to look at how do I protect the mortgage and do that with a nice small life policy. Boy, you brought up something that wasn't necessarily top of mind, but um, actually had a friend um, in her, I think, young 30s. Her husband literally got out of bed one morning and had a heart attack and dropped to the floor and was gone. And she had three little kids. And I want to say at the time they were like, you know, four, two, no, maybe three, three, one, and, and not even a year old. I mean, there was a lot. And so like you said, to have a life insurance policy in place where it's like, okay, on top of this traumatic life event, I don't now have, I'm not forced to sell the house and move because I can't afford it. So yeah, what peace of mind that that would, that that it, would bring. Yeah, it's absolutely generational protection. So at 34, we had three kids and my husband got colon cancer. He is 10 years cancer-free. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, but this is the kind of power in having conversations with your home and auto agent that you might not think could actually change the course of what happens in your life. Absolutely. Well, and I guess there was there was kind of the thing I brought up, and I think hopefully we've shown just through our conversation how important it is to actually be talking to someone um, because there's there's a lot of players in your industry there's a lot of there's a lot of brands a lot of insurance companies in in your industry and I know for sure I'm not not gonna pick on any I'm not gonna name them but there's one in particular that does a lot of advertising um, that you know talks about the bundling like you did Um, and I'm like you know you can't actually talk to anybody usually at that company it's all online it's all you know stuff like that and it's like boy you're probably really missing out if you're not physically talking people somebody yeah people people work yeah yeah 
I just think, you know, for those that are listening, I get, we all like to do some research online. We all like to kind of fill out those little, uh, you know, applications and get the, the, the quote back. But boy, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, just that price quote. There really is. Awesome. Well, Denise, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to have you here. Now, if folks were listening and maybe they have some questions, maybe some of the things we've talked about sparked a, oh, I really need to talk to somebody like her. How can people reach out to you? Okay, wonderful. So I have a office in Shelby Township and our telephone number to the office is area code 586-522-4427. All right. You want to give that one more time? 586 522 Four four two seven. Well, for those of you listening, whether you're, you know, on the cusp of being a first time home buyer, you're out there looking, maybe you've been in your home, whether it's five years, whether it's 15 years, it's always good, um, especially when you learn something new to, to go take action on it. So if there's something we've discussed today, you know, that you're, you're kind of like you gave you pause and you're like, you know, I better check this out. Please give Denise a call. She was you know kind enough to come in and spend her time educating us today. We'd certainly like to return the favor to her. With that, we're going to wrap it for today. And for those of you listening, Thanks again as always. We'll be back again soon with another great episode. Talk to you then. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, write a review, or rate the show as it helps us reach more people. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram.